Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, welcome to the Big Sunday. Jay Binkley with Grant Nicholson producing the operation. Good morning, Grant. What's up, Bank? How are you today? Good. Did you enjoy the games yesterday? No. I didn't figure you would. The Duke-North Carolina game was good. That was an interesting one. I enjoyed that one. Why did you enjoy the Kansas game? Is you a K-State fan or you just didn't? I mean, yeah, because I'm a K-State fan and I was rooting very hard against the Jayhawks. That game never, uh, the never really game close. was never in doubt. Yeah, they got within, what, six, eight points there for a minute. But KU just wouldn't relent. I mean, they were on them from the very beginning of the game. McCormick's tough down low. Abaji draining them all over the place. Kansas winning that game 81 to 65. North Carolina game was good considering what all took place. 81 to 77. They'll face Monday night. Kansas versus North Carolina. You a big fan of these uh, 820 starts? I don't mean I don't really care that much. Is that where the game is on Monday too? Yeah, it's at 820. Jeez. It's at 820 Monday night. Yeah, I saw a lot of people complaining about this. They didn't like the uh, late start time. But then again, you got to think. They try to, to bring everybody in on it, right? I mean, granted, you want the East Coast. It's, you know, 920 out there. Still early enough for them. But how early do you want it to be West Coast, though? Because right now that's 620 on the West Coast. Do you want to put it at 520 when people aren't home from work yet? So that's the question. 6 o'clock still. 620 still kind of early form, but at least they're usually back. So that's the dilemma they're in. Love to be in the mountain time zone. Get mountain, that 7 o'clock start. Ooh. Mountain time zone is the perfect one. Like That is the perfect, perfect time zone. But for the most part, I this tournament, you know, seeing the fan reaction, you know, in Chapel Hill and the fans running the court, you know, celebrating that or what they're doing at Mass Street in Lawrence celebrating, that shows you just how much passion there is for college basketball because there is – a lot of questions, is college basketball back or not? Because really, it's been tough, ratings-wise and interest-wise and everything else for college basketball. But at least the teams that are in it are showing big enthusiasm. Did you ever think it's back now, college basketball? I definitely had that thought earlier this year. Like, right around conference tournament week, a couple weeks before then, it's like, oh, this has got some juice to it. Like, this is actually interesting again. Because the fans play such a big part in that sport in particular. No, they do. I mean, college football's always had it. College basketball had it for the longest time. Then it kind of disappeared for a little while. Because, you know, the the game, the NBA game is much better 
than college basketball. But the fan support, maybe it was just the teams that were in it. But if other teams were in it, I'm sure they would have been in the same situation around the campus and everything else. Well, just think of St. Peter's found its way and made it to the Final Four. The best story that was in this uh, Final Four tournament. There was just a lot of low-scoring games. I mean, there really was. Low-scoring games, not great games. Kansas has been looking great since the beginning. And this was a team that a lot of people didn't think would get here at the end like they are. But now they'll face uh, North Carolina at 820. Coach K's last game. You tired of Coach K? I mean, I'm glad he didn't win the title. But, I, I mean, I don't really care that much. It is kind of annoying, but everything at this point pales in comparison to my fear that K- KU wins the title on Monday. <laughs> you know what? They probably will. They probably will, yeah. They probably will win the title, and this is the best time to do it, especially with the uh, NCAA handing them the trophy, you know, considering the level one violations. It, it's funny. I mean, it's actually, you know, funny it is. North Carolina, what a great story. Eight seed. They've been playing much different. You know, Eric Church, we talked about this all week, the uh, country music singer. He had a uh, sold-out concert in San Antonio uh, Saturday, but he canceled it to be at this game. He's a big North Carolina fan, and that brings the dilemma, like you get married in the fall going on, or do you skip your friend's wedding? But he skipped his own concert, canceled it just to be at this North Carolina game. I'd love to have that opportunity to just be like, I'm rich and famous, and I could go to a Final Four game. Yeah, I'll do it. Hey, he, he ticked a lot of his fans off, you know, because they had to fly in or they had to book uh, hotel rooms. And they had to cancel them uh, going forward. But I just thought that was uh, kind of interesting with North Carolina. Eight seed, imagine that. Imagine Coach K, you know, two of his three last losses were to North Carolina. You know, they did beat him by 20 during the regular season, but then lost the other regular season game at home on his own court. Then the face him, and he was, what, what 50 and 49? against North Carolina or 49 and 50 against North Carolina's career. It's about as dead even as you could get as far as uh, great rivalry games are concerned. That's why it's a great rivalry though, is because it didn't really matter who the coaches were. They, obviously North Carolina's had great coaches, but um, when you've got such a legend like coach K and you're still able to finish 50 and 50 against your rival, like, I don't know. That's pretty good. What is the best rivalry in your opinion? Cause I've heard this a lot. It's North Carolina and Duke, but are you that interested in the rivalry, you know, living here in Kansas City? Are you just like the Red Sox and Yankees? That's a great rivalry, but in Kansas City, do you really care? Now, you might say, well, do, you, do people in Kansas City care about Ohio State and Michigan? I yeah. Think, I think there's some interest in that game. I mean, that's my my answer is, like, I, I don't know what other national rivalry I, I really care about, like, more. Like, they're all kind of equal in my – like, if the, if the game seems interesting, if the teams are pretty good, like, I'll tune into these rivalry games, but – like, isn't, like, Chiefs-Broncos my biggest rivalry in my life or something, you know? Chiefs-Raiders. Chiefs-Raiders, yeah. I just wonder nationally what you think uh, or people think is the uh, biggest rivalry. Ohio State-Michigan, clearly that's one, If you know, especially if teams are in the top ten. That That's of interest. Yeah, the but Ohio State's in, been kicking Michigan's butt oh, for have. 20 years. They have, and Michigan finally beat them. You know, Ohio State had... Uh, you know, Ray, the numbers though, wasn't really a rivalry anymore. I mean, technically, it's and a Jim Harbaugh still tried to leave. Yeah, he still tried to leave. Auburn, Alabama is a great one. That's always a great. I, I feel like nationally, people are not as interested in Auburn. You and I are because we're big yeah. college football guys. Like we'll we'll tune into whatever game at whenever time. But I don't know if that one gets the same juice nationally. I think Missouri, Kansas, around here when they were back to when they were playing, and 
you know, and they sneak and play each other from time to time. But when they're in the same conference, that was a big one, at least regionally here in Kansas City. But I'm just curious about rivalries. Like, are they dead? Does people care about them anymore? I don't think rivalries are dead. I mean, the areas care about them. The, the surrounding areas care about them. But nationally, do you care? Like, I, when the Red Sox are playing the Yankees and they try to build it up, I mean, I don't really care because so many former Yankees have played for the Red Sox and vice versa. You know, if they were really true rivals, why do they, what does that keep happening? I have, I'm not sure if I've ever seen an entire Yankees Red Sox game, like every single pitch. I'm just not sure it's happened. Well, you need five hours to sit down and watch yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. But I'm sure I've seen, like, I watched all that game last night. I watched um, all of Michigan, Ohio State earlier this year. I think rivalries are very real, especially in the world of college sports. No, I like it. Oregon's facing Oregon State. I mean, I have no dog in the fight, but you're watching it. But when, UCLA, when, when both USC. teams get up for it, yeah, it's fun. Yeah. When both teams get up for it, it's fun. And that was the allure to the whole North Carolina Duke game is these teams really don't like each other. This is going to be fun to watch. The Kansas game, on the other hand, I mean, there's nothing. Even though Villanova's what beat them two out of three times in the NCAA tournament, they didn't have one of their best players, Justin Moore. That did make a difference. The difference was, is Kansas going to wear them out, which they did? Because they're a very thin team, and they lose Justin Moore, who tears his Achilles uh, the week before that, uh, in the week before, or the game before. That that did make a difference, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think it, it didn't. I don't think it could have not made a difference. Got a lot to get to today. Uh, Nick Sherbert. Uh, Nick Schwart. I get screwed up because everybody calls him Nick Sherbert just for fun. Around here, it's actually Nick Schwart waving the weed podcast. He's been going. I mean, I we'll check in with him. He's got to be going insane. When Dusty today. was running your show a few times, he I, I was convinced he didn't actually know Nick's last name. <laughs> he does. I Schubert, Sherbert, yeah, Schubert, Schrute. Yeah, he would just start with S and then mumble the rest of the way. It's Schwart and the waving the weed podcast. We'll talk to him coming up at ten thirty about that. Ron Cop from Arrowhead Pride. Uh, dot com will join me at 930 to talk Kansas City Chiefs and the draft as we'll talk a lot of the draft today as well. And Josh Vernier joining us uh, in the desert. Surprise, Arizona, as the Royals gear up for Thursday. And oh, guess what? Bobby Wood Jr. made the team. Little uh, surprise out there. He was going to make the team, but he's officially made the team. The Bobby Wood Jr. era begins. The Patrick Mahomes of the Kansas City Royals starts now. Who had more hype, Mahomes or Bobby Witt Jr.? It might be Bobby Witt. You think? I don't know. I, I And it might be just like recency bias, just because the hype for Bobby Witt's been kind of unreal the last month since the lockout ended. But it feels like maybe just because we had a longer buildup to win Patrick Mahomes. Like we had a whole offseason. We're like, oh, it's Mahomes' team. Yeah, let's think about this for a second. All right, so... Mahomes, when he was drafted, there were still a lot of people that weren't sold on Mahomes when he was drafted. There was a lot of people that still thought Mahomes was a reach, you know, at 10. Because of a surefire thing, he's going one or two, right? But he goes 10. So there was a lot of question about Mahomes. Because there was a lot of people look back at his record at the Texas Tech. That, that's what I thought made him great. The fact that he always had the score when he was on the field. I mean, he had the worst scoring defense in college football. At that time, there was only 128 teams. I think there's 100. 31, it keeps growing now with the, all the one A's jumping up to Division One. But there was 128 teams in uh, Division One. They were last in scoring defense, so he had to show it. But you know you know, there wasn't a ton of buzz. It was cool because Kansas City finally went up and drafted a quarterback. That was the allure. 
Kansas City drafted a first-round quarterback. But when he was first drafted, I think that was excitement. There was a lot of people that wished the Chiefs would have gone to Sean Watson. But overall, I think there was excitement the Chiefs drafted a quarterback first round, but I don't think the hype began that day. Because Alex Smith was here. Alex Smith still had a ton of supporters. But I feel the Bobby Witt thing is much different. Well, we've also had, like, large stretches where we didn't really know much about Bobby Witt. Like, we traded, like we drafted him high, higher than Patrick Mahomes. And then there's, like, a pandemic in there. There's lockout-shortened seasons. Like, there's big stretches where we're just like, oh, is he that good? And then we're seeing it the last year and a half or so that, uh, yeah, he's that good. Well, the thing is, number one prospect in baseball at this point. People are excited to see him. But with Mahomes, and again, we'll look at him. I mean, this guy's been the four straight AFC title games. But there was the buzz 100% there. Because I remember at training camp, meaning, you know, he didn't play. He didn't play till the Broncos game. It was just tearing up the defense. Even Derek Johnson and Tom Ali and these guys say, you should have seen the things Mahomes was doing. Which, man, that took some restraint not to play him. Like, that took restraint not to play the guy that would the next season win, the, win pro football's MVP. But, obviously, when the Broncos game happened and you saw how good Mahomes was, then the wheels started to turn. Then they lose the Titans in the postseason. That, and that game didn't bother me like the rest of these Chiefs playoff losses, Grant, because I knew it was Mahomes era. Like, once the Chiefs lost that game, it was the Mahomes era. But remember, Alex Smith was having a good year, at least for the first half of the year when Mahomes was first drafted. Like, it inspired him. People were talking MVP with Alex Smith. And then towards the end of the year, it started to dissipate. But Bobby Wood Jr., man, it's all been about him. And I think the team, they need a savior more than the Chiefs did at that point because the Chiefs were still a good football team. They were still, you know, winning the division, you know, still making the playoffs, except for 2014 they didn't. But since Andy Reid's been here, the Chiefs have been making the playoffs. But Bobby Wood Jr. is seen as a savior for this team and the young blood. And we'll hear from Dayton Moore in just a minute. He was on with Josh Vernier last week on the Hot Stove Show. And a really good interview. Catch it on 610sports.com. It'll give you the highlights of what Dayton Moore, see if this will get you excited for opening day this week. I'm excited, Grant. I'm pumped up. I love when baseball season's here. You know, it's a shorter spring training. I kind of liked it. Here's where the Royals, here's where the Royals right now, and the spring training is not 100% finished, but the Kansas City Royals lead all of minor league teams. In average, they're the only team over 300. The only team, the closest other one is the Giants. They're hitting 280. The Royals are hitting 335 as a team. On base percentage, number one. Slugging percentage, number one. OPS. Number one. Now, it doesn't mean anything, Grant. They won the Cactus League last year. But I'd rather the Royals be here than dead last. Pitching numbers, not not like the hitting numbers. But this offense, I think, is going to be pretty good. And the Royals lineup today is indicative of what you'll see, I think, in the regular season. We'll talk to Josh Vernier about the Bobby Witt Jr. hype, and I'll talk to him about the Mahomes hype or Bobby Witt Jr. hype, which one was bigger. Other news, Tiger Woods announces today. I don't know if you saw this or not, Grant. But it is shaking up the uh, the internet. You know, obviously the Masters, the uh, greatest golf tournament, uh, is this week. Tiger Woods says on Twitter, I will be heading up to Augusta today to continue my preparation practice. It will be a game-time decision on whether I compete. Tiger Woods going to play, man. You think so? Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess he doesn't release a statement if he's not going to play, if he's not pretty confident. I mean, think about that comeback. Think about that that car wreck, those injuries. You'd wonder if he's ever going to play again. Now, remember where that feeling like, is he ever going to catch Jack? 
And then all of a sudden, he's out there. He's playing with his kid. He's played rounds with his kid. But for him to be in the Masters, considering how hurt he was, great story, man. This way sports is the best, man. This way sports is the best when you have things like this. But coming up next, we'll talk to uh, we'll talk to Ron Cop coming up at 930. But coming up next, Bobby Witt Jr., some excellent things said about him around Major League Baseball. We'll discuss him next. You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And welcome back to Big Sunday. Jay Binkley, Grant Nicholson producing the operation. Uh, The Chiefs uh, begin workouts April 18th. That's how close we are to football season starting again. The first OTA, May 25th through 26th, May 31st through June 2nd, June 7th through 10th, mandatory minicamp, June 14th through 16th. As football really becomes a a 12-month-a-year thing, I mean, free agency was fun, still going on. You're going to have uh, the draft and then OTAs, and we got you covered for the draft. A lot of mock draft uh, talk coming up from myself regarding that. But I mentioned Bobby Wood Jr. There were some interesting things said about Bobby Wood Jr. this week, not only from George Brett, but Dan O'Dowd, who joined me uh, this week. Uh, he's former uh, GM of the Colorado Rockies. Had some interesting to say, things to say about Bobby Wood Jr., as did uh, Royals legend George Brett. But here was uh, – Dan O'Dowd about Bobby Witt, and one of these quotes in here is unbelievable stuff on Bobby Witt Jr. Bobby Witt, tell me about it. Well, first of all, he's playing his way on the opening day roster. He had a, actually a great spring last year. Matty, you know, I really struggled coming up with a player comp with him, and I love player comp because, for me, he's going to be the player other players get compared to. It's a 5 to a player. So when you look at A-Rod, he's got similar power to A-Rod. Maybe A-Rod's hit ability was a little further along. Uh, Bobby... If he needed to be a shortstop, I think he'd be an outstanding shortstop. But as you saw with the stolen base here, he's got 60, maybe 70 speed. A-Rod didn't have 60, 70 speed, though he was a good base, plus base runner when he was younger. 
Uh, I mean, but you're talking about that level of talent. I mean, this kid truly has a chance to be a very special player in our game at a very, very young age. Great baseball awareness, extremely humble kid, great teammate. He really checks off every single box a GM could have. I call these type of guys generational type players. They come along once in your career. And I asked you during the break, a couple of breaks ago, I said, why are they moving him to third base? Why would you take a shortstop of this capacity and move him? Well, because the bat, you know, third base by, by far, he's usually a bat profile position. And this kid's bat so good, he goes over there and makes their team better because now you have Mondesi and Lopez up the middle. And as good a shortstop as uh, Witt is, Mondesi might even be a better natural defender at shortstop if he can stay healthy. Lopez, who was a great shortstop last year, moves over and is going to be an outstanding defensive second baseman. So when you look at an infield of Lopez, Mondesi, and Witt from a, from a team-building standpoint, you've got potentially plus offense and outstanding defense, which really helps your pitching staff. But you would, uh, and the final thing on, on Witt is, you would, I would think you would want to keep him somewhere without moving him around. Injury to Mondesi, now you're moving him to short, and then you're back to third. Well, I, I would think you want to avoid that. Probably, and especially with Lopez's ability to show up the way he did at shortstop a year ago, you probably don't have to do that. I mean, who knows what the course of the season and. Great athletes have positional flexibility, but no, I'd love to see him just settle in at a position this year. That was one of my best quotes. He's friends with Dayton Moore and stuff. This guy follows, he's on Major League Network, uh, Dan O'Dowd. I love what he said. I'm not in the comparison business, but other guys will be compared to Bobby Wood Jr. That's my praise there, Grant. When you say, I'm not going to put comparisons because everybody, we want to know who they compare to. But he says, oh, no, it's going to be about who's going to be compared to him. I feel that Mahomes is now in this category, too, where people are looking for the next Patrick Mahomes, and he gets the, except this year's quarterback class, which some don't even have going in the first round, which I disagree with because quarterbacks always go in the first round. But love that from Dan O'Dowd talking about that. Then there's George Brett, who was on with uh, Harold Reynolds. Harold Reynolds, uh, he was on because there's a Don Mattingly documentary on MLB Network, and George was on because he's he's all over that uh, all over that documentary. But he was asked about Bobby Wood Jr. And you don't hear this kind of praise kind of leveled on somebody from a Hall of Famer. But George is going there. Even when you were playing, you were such a great evaluator of talent. I remember talking to you all the time, and particularly with Bo. You know, so you better stay and watch this guy take batting practice. So you saw Bo Jackson coming before he became Bo. But I want to ask you about Bobby Witt Jr. because... Why did I know that question was coming? It was coming, man. (laughs) I I, I am so enamored with this kid. I saw him in high school. I've watched him develop. Uh, There's not many that come along like him, George. And and, and maybe I'm wrong, but but you tell me your thoughts. Uh, You're not wrong. Um, He's a talent that I've never seen before at his age. Uh, We had Clint Hurdle come up. He was on the cover of Sports Illustrated before he played a game in the major leagues. And, um, you know, Clint was pretty amazing at the things he could do on on the baseball field. But I've I've never seen anything like this. Um, A guy that played um, double-A and triple-A last year, not even on the roster here. They didn't have to put him on. Uh, I think he's going to make our team uh, between you and I, Harold. But he's a special talent. And the one thing that, that you've read, you know, I've read so much about him and, and, you know, he's kind of the talk of the camp. 
Um, the one thing that, that I'm going to tell him, and we've talked an awful lot, he's one of those guys, young players, that asks a lot of questions. And, 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 and he's, he, he's able to – baseball is so natural to him. Um, he's able to make an adjustment here, make an adjustment there, not only with the hitting but the fielding. And, you know, they weren't happy with the way he was taking the ball out of his glove. Well, guy goes up, you know, to throw the ball to first base from third base. Mm-hmm. He, he kind of took it out of the glove awkward. And, and uh, so our infield guy got with him and they talked to him, and he's out there taking grounders every day. And all he does at 8.30 in the morning, he's taking the ball out of his glove. He's not even throwing it, but he's just taking it out of his glove. He's an endless, tireless worker. He's got uh, tremendous potential. But the one tag that I think is unfair, as I read a, a thing saying he has unlimited potential, and that's really a curse to say that because then you'll never live up to it. Right, um, right. He's going to be a good ma- everyday major league player. He's going to have growing pains like we all did when we first got there. Yeah. But I think he's got the mentality and he's grown up playing baseball on Team USA You know, his whole life. He was probably on the nine-year-old Team USA team playing <laughs> in Japan. Who knows if they even have that. But I guarantee you one thing, if they had it, he would have been on it. Hey, uh, George. He's a baseball player. That's all I can say, and he's going to be very, very good for this organization. We really appreciate the visit, man. It's it's good to talk to you as always. So Bobby Wood Jr., let it begin this week's opening day in Kansas City for the Kansas City Royals. We'll talk to Josh Vernier coming up a little bit later today, about 1130. But coming up next, Ron Kopp, Kansas City Chiefs draft next. You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. When you ask people here what's the one thing that makes Diamonds Direct their favorite jeweler, for some, it's the unbeatable pricing. We get it through our direct importer, no middleman connections, the foundation of our business since day one. For others, it's uncompromising quality, from hand-selected diamonds to handcrafted designer rings, only the best of the best. Some people put selection at the top of their list, as Diamonds Direct offers up to 30 times the options you expect from a typical jewelry retailer. For some, it's our luxurious showroom with diamond experts who genuinely care about your experience and happiness and who are empowered to do whatever it takes for you. Others rave about Diamonds Direct's unmatched warranties and guarantees and an extraordinary 110% diamond upgrade promise. But you know the most often answer we get when asking what makes Diamonds Direct stand out? It's not one thing. It's everything. Diamonds Direct. Value, luxury, choices, and confidence. Get directions, showroom hours, and more at DiamondsDirect.com. 
Hey, Mike, what are you doing way up on that ladder? You're going to hurt yourself. Oh, I'm trying to unclog these gutters. That's smart. I had water damage from my gutters last year. It cost me ten grand. Yeah, wait, $10,000? Yeah, and from over here, it looks like water's been pouring over your clogged gutters, and it's probably doing real damage to your foundation. You need to do what I did. Get off the ladder and call Leaf Filter. Yeah, but I need to get these gutters flowing now. That's why you need to call Leaf Filter. They'll clean and realign your gutters and install their exclusive micro-mesh screen system so nothing gets in your gutters except water. So Leaf Filter protects my house from damage and means no more gutter cleaning for me? Bingo! Plus, Leaf Filter has an industry-leading lifetime warranty, so your gutters are covered for life. Thanks, Frank. I'm calling Leaf Filter today. Don't go another day with your home unprotected. Call 1-844-300-LEAF or go to tryleaffilter.com for your free gutter inspection. Call 1-844-300-LEAF or go to tryleaffilter.com right now for an extra 15% savings. Call 1-844-300-LEAF or go to tryleaffilter.com. That's 1-844-300-LEAF. We're all on this planet together. So join Odyssey in counting down to Earth Day. With 19 days to go, here is one thing tip number three. Clean out harsh cleaning products and detergents and look for cleaning products with green certification. Better yet, make your own from household items like baking soda, vinegar, and Castile soap. Join Odyssey, and together, each of us doing one thing makes a greener tomorrow. What's your one thing? You know that feeling? Like every door is closing and you just can't see a way out? Being unemployed, underemployed, or just out of school feels a lot like that. But when you find the right tools, suddenly everything just clicks. Getting on that path may be easier than you think. A good place to start? Go to findsomethingnew.org. At findsomethingnew.org, you have access to resources that help develop new skills. Skills that will position you for careers in today's growing industries, from healthcare and manufacturing to cybersecurity and alternative energy. Plus, you can take advantage of online courses, certification programs, apprenticeships, and more. So you can take yourself from unemployed and uncertain to empowered and prepared for what's next. Find your path to a new career today. Visit findsomethingnew.org. A message from the Ad Council. Cancer can feel like something we can't do anything about, but you can. There are screening tests that can catch cancer early when it may be easier to treat. Begin cervical screening at age 25. At 45, start colorectal and breast screening. At 50, discuss lung screening with a doctor. Find resources for free and low-cost screening at cancer.org slash get screened. This is a public service message from the American Cancer Society. Hey, I'm Roland Stiles, host of the Locked On Royals podcast, the Locked On Podcast Network, a daily podcast covering your favorite team, the Kansas City Royals. When will the Royals return to the postseason? And will Bobby Witt Jr. live up to the hype? And will he deliver the Kansas City Royals back to the promised land? So listen every single day on the Locked On Royals podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever else you get your podcast from. Listen to 610 Sports Radio on demand by downloading the Odyssey app now. Welcome back to Big Sunday, Jay Bankley, Brent Nicholson, producing the operation. Be joined by uh, Ron Kopp from ArrowheadPride.com in just a minute. Talking Chiefs draft and what direction they're going to go with the 12 picks that the Chiefs have in this year's draft. Where do you think they should go? you still thinking edge defender? you still thinking wide receiver? you think they can stay at 29-30 and get both? That's the question. 
because <laughs> typically throughout history, if you want to get one of the best, you've got to trade up for that situation. Because if you look at last year's 28 top sackers in the NFL, if you look at the top 28 uh, sackers, 20 of them, 28, 20 of them, they're the top 20. There's 28 total sackers, and some of them to the point where 18 of them are first round picks. 18 of the 28 first round picks, and you have uh, a situation where. 1 through 15 was 12 different guys in that situation. As we're trying to get uh, Ron on here in just a second. But so you say, okay, well, historically, you need to get up in the first round to get an edge rusher. But more specifically, you need to get in the top 15 picks to get a first rounder that you want. Because, again, 12 of the 28 were 1 through 15 picks. And they were the ones uh, that you have to get up to. But is it worth it? Because if, unless you're going up to number one to get Aiden Hutchinson, eh, they're not going to go up to number one. They're not going to trade all that capital to get to number one. And then you look at a guy like Kayon Thibodeau that's kind of been sliding in, in the draft a little bit. Can you get him at number 10 or Jermaine Johnson? A lot of people think you can get. And then once you get past the top three, then it's anybody's guess. It's Karloftis at Purdue. It's, it's going out and getting a guy. It's going out and getting a guy like Boye Mafe at the University of Minnesota staying at 29 or 30. And my contention is you stay at 29 or 30. It's so deep in what you can get as far as as far as getting a first-round pick at 29 or 30. So that's the situation there. Which, which do you go out and do you get? I think you just stay where you're at because when you look at some of the wide receiver deaths, especially wide receivers, Pro Football Focus has top 100 board. And they have 16 as edge rushers and 14 as wide receivers. So the two deepest positions for the Kansas City Chiefs are both situations that uh, they're both uh, they're both uh, where they can well they they need edge rushers and they need wide receivers. But the other thing too is if you stay in that situation, then what do you give up? I have the Chiefs trading up in round two to get corner, so go edge rusher, wide receiver. And then corner in the draft as far as the first three picks are concerned with what the Chiefs should do. So I am interested in that. Now, as far as the rest of the NFL rounds or picks one through 15, 12 picks, picks 15 through 30, six picks, round two, five guys have been second rounders that were in the top 20 sackers uh, last season, which shows you what a specialized position it is. Round three, two picks we're in round three, round five, just one pick and two undrafted. So, yeah, there is a few other guys that get in the mix. But if you want a surefire guy to get the quarterback, it says you must get one through 15 to get that edge rusher that you want. But I'm not so sure when you look at some of this talent that some of the talent isn't, uh, you know, at 29 or 30 instead of getting up to one to 15. Now they have the draft capital to do it. And I go by the Rich Hill draft charts, what a lot of NFL teams do. It was Jimmy Johnson's trade value chart for the longest time. And then it's all of a sudden the Rich Hill trade chart for the Kansas City Chiefs uh, going forward. But that's one of the two things that I think the Kansas City Chiefs will do. And um, and we'll see what happens. Um, but we'll see. We'll talk to Ron here in just a little bit. We'll take a small break. 
get the phone lines going here, and we'll get uh, Ron on the phone lines. So hang on one second. We'll get Ron from Arrowhead Pride next. You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to Bink Sunday. Jay Binkley, Grant Nicholson, producing the operation. Ron Kopp, lead analyst from ArrowheadPride.com, joins us now. What's up, Ron? Jay, oh my gosh. Last time I talked to you, Tyree Kill was on the Chiefs, and uh, Devontae Adams, Cole Mack, we're still in the NFC. It's been a wild offseason. So I'm glad to be talking to you again. It's been a minute, man. It's been a minute, but uh, still been uh, dialed into the draft, the combine, watched every second of it. So I'm ready to roll, man. This could be an important uh, draft for Brett Veach to uh, – get all the weapons he needs unless you know like there's a dk metcalf he makes a trade for something like that not don't think that's gonna happen but it still remains out there which they still will get a wide receiver in this year's draft but sitting at 29 or 30 or at 29 and 30 ron because here's the question do you stay put with 29 or 30 or do you package and move up man it, it, it's so hard to see them just standing still at that position they have so much draft capital now so much ammunition to move up if they want to the problem is in this year's class is it a class worthy of, of moving up like that really make it a big move a splash move move into the top 10 top 15 you know there are some guys that i i'd be in favor of if they do slip to a certain point a guy like edge rusher from florida state jermaine johnson you know, it doesn't seem like he's going to go very, very late. But at the same time, you never know if he gets into that 15 range. I, I think it would only take me, you know, maybe that, you know, one of those second round picks, maybe, maybe one of those third round picks to move up enough to get in there. But yeah, that's what I would do. I, I would move up with one of the picks and then stay put at the end of the first round um, with the other, maybe even trade back, depending on what happens, depending on how the board falls and really, you know, build up, uh, you know, you really want to have a good amount of picks in that second round too. So no matter what, I, I want to make sure we have a, a good amount of ammunition in that second round. But, man, it's hard not to see them going up in the first round. And, and if, the, if a certain type of player falls, it has to be an edge or a receiver, in my opinion. It couldn't be any other position for them to move up for. Two ones, two twos, two threes, and two fours. And I looked at last year's uh, top 20 sackers, Ron. Uh, there's 28 of them total because there was a lot of ties in there. As far as um, 64% of them were first-round picks, 18 of the 28 guys selected or they were in top 20 sackers were first round picks picks one through 15, 12, 12 of the 28 were picks one through 15, six picks, 15 to 30, uh, five guys in the second round, two in the third round, one on the fifth, two undrafted. So history would say you need to get in the top 15 to get that guy. But I'm with you unless you get one of the top three, like Aiden Hutchison, they're not trading up to number one to get him. Thibodeau is still out there. He's been falling a little bit. And then Jermaine Johnson. And then pick your poison past that. Do you want Boye Mafe? you want Karloftis? you want any of those guys? Like, I don't see – I see a lot of these guys the same unless you're trading up to get, like, let's say Jermaine Johnson. Yeah, and that's why I mentioned Johnson because he is, in my opinion, that, that last-ditch uh, effort in terms of, you know, one of those top guys that could fall. He's the only one, in my opinion, that – would make sense to fall. It sounds like Trayvon Walker, you know, obviously he's more of a tweener, but, you know, it sounds like he's going very high too, so I don't even consider him as an option. But, yeah, I, you know, that next, there is that next tier, that drop-off in tier. And I will say something I'm super in favor of, the more, the more I think about it, the more time goes on since the injury for him. But David Ojabo, the Michigan edge rusher, I feel like it just makes too much sense to take that swing in the first round. You're never in, in the Mahomes era. You're never going to be in a position to get a, as talented an edge rusher as he is 
someone that would not, not be there, in my opinion, for sure, if he was completely healthy right now. Someone that if he went back to school for another year, possibly could have been one of the top picks in next year's class as one of the uh, best edge rushers. So, in my opinion, I, I think that's something I'm really in favor of, just kind of hanging out, making sure, you know, you might have to trade up a few spots to get him. The injury is not going to necessarily make him for sure be there at 29 or 30, but when you're that talented, I think that's the kind of guy that the Chiefs aren't going to be able to get a swing on usually with, with Patrick Mahomes making them as good as they are. Take that swing this year while you have the opportunity. And the one thing about David Ojabo, he was uh, going to be probably a top 12 pick in the draft. He's a stud, had uh, 11 sacks last year at Michigan. Aiden Hutchinson, granted, got got most of the run at Michigan, but that was a great pass rushing duo. Tears, tears his Achilles in the uh, pro day, and the Chiefs have dealt with players that have torn Achilles tendon, but you're right. He's one of those game-changing type players, and I'm mixed on this deal. Like, would he health-wise be ready to go in week one? Because I think whoever the Chiefs get at 29 or 30 needs to be ready to go in game one. And then I think, okay, did he have success because everybody was concentrating on Aiden Hutchinson, or was it the other way around? Aiden Hutchinson had a great year because everybody was concentrating on Jabo. Yeah, exactly. No, it, it is an interesting goal. That's why it's, it's always good to, to really look into both players. They're two different types of players, right? And I, and I like Ojabo specifically because he has that pass rush juice that I just feel like the Chiefs have, have really missed um, off the edge. Um, you know, Frank gives it to you every once in a while, it seems like, when he's really healthy, really feeling good. But they need someone that's really going to fly off the edge of the ball, really put pressure on that offensive tackle to get depth in his drop and, and kind of cause the quarterback to always be thinking about him flying off that edge. And I just feel like the Chiefs have lacked that a little bit. Aljaba has that speed rush time, but he also has a pretty good build for, for being a, you know, a speed rusher too. So I really like his all-around game. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I just think edge rusher is really important. You're right, though. 29 and 30, you'd like to see someone contribute day one. But the way the Chiefs have operated this offseason, they may be thinking more big picture uh, than short-term. And if that means, you know, maybe they sacrifice some short-term productivity from their first-round pick for long-term benefit, Ojabo fits that perfectly, and so do a few of the other receivers as well that they could pick. So it is interesting to see what they do with those picks. The one team in the draft I'm really going to be watching that picks before the Chiefs, pick 22 and 28 is the Green Bay Packers. Now that's a team, you know, that losses to Darius Smith as far as Ed Rusher. They lose Devontae Adams, and they lose uh, Marquez Valdez-Scanlon to the Kansas City Chiefs. So that's two, two top receivers for the Green Bay Packers now gone. So they're going to be needing wide receiver, maybe even go two wide receivers in the first round. They lose to Darius Smith on defense, the Ed Rusher. But I think 22 and 28 are interesting because I think the Chiefs would be interesting and interested in whatever picks they make. Actually, that's a great point, Jay. You're right. No, the Packers have very similar needs in terms of they need just a, a top-end guy, both edge rusher and receiver. And that's the thing. You know, they're going to be kind of competing for similar types of players. You know, a guy like Karloftis or, or Boye Mafe, uh, you know, guys that are kind of more projects would make a lot of sense for them. And that's guys that I'm definitely considering if I'm the Chiefs at 29 or 30. But you mentioned receiver, and then, and I want to talk about receiver a little bit right now because it's a very intriguing class and it's an interesting class. There's another receiver I mentioned a little earlier. Uh, you know, it's kind of like Ojabo where, you know, a guy like Jamison Williams, the Alabama receiver, he obviously tears his ACL in the championship game. Um, he's a guy that you may not get a bunch of contribution from right away, although you never know with today's, you know, modern medicine. I mean, he could be back contributing in 2022. But he's also a guy that, if he never gets injured, would probably go top 12, top 10. He might be the first receiver picked um, unanimously 
if he wasn't injured. It just seems like he's talked about that highly. Of I look at him that highly. I still like Garrett Wilson and Drake London, maybe his prospects a little better, but I really like Jameson Williams too. And so if he's a guy there too, it's a very interesting dilemma. Do they take two really talented guys, Jameson Williams and David Ojabo, who may not even give you anything 2022, but all of a sudden could be guys that become stars of this class beyond that? That's what I'm really fascinated. And I think Jameson Williams' speed element would really uh, complement what the Chiefs receiving core is built into. So Jameson Williams is definitely a guy that's intriguing. I, I really want to see if he uh, falls all the way there. Or they may even be interested in trading up for him. He's that good, honestly. And he looks like uh... – from what you, what I've seen, he looks like he might be a guy ready to go day one. Might even be ready by trading camp, which is insane. Okay, that is insane. I have seen, you know, Brian Stewart, our, our uh, contributor AP, he just wrote him up, and he was saying that. He was saying it looks like he's getting, you know, coming along a little more than that. So that's the thing, you know, maybe that affects his draft stock to where the Chiefs don't even have a chance at him now. But he's definitely a guy I'm interested in. But other speed threats like Chris Olave, uh, George Pickens is, is a speed threat as well. I like Jahan Dotson as well. I like I like the thought of the Chiefs going with with more speed, you know, focusing on speed and kind of big playmaking ability, separation ability at that first pick. Um, so that's why I got Christian Watson's very intriguing as well, which I know you have mocked to them, them, just because just because he's that fast, that speed, that separation element, while also being a, a bigger frame guy. So there's there's a lot of different kind of options for receiver in that first round, and I think the Chiefs, uh, you know, they definitely need to do their homework because they they I I. They may, they may not for sure take a receiver in the first round, but they should definitely be thinking about it because one of these guys could really uh, take the top off the rest of this, what the receiving core they built around. All these guys are kind of compliments they have on the receiving core now, obviously besides Travis Kelsey. One number one guy could really elevate the rest of their uh, playing levels. Here's the reasons I really like Christian Watson. and He is starting to climb in a lot of these, and I think he will in be a first-round pick when it's all said and done, but he's got the four three six speed. He's six foot four, over 200 pounds. He returns kicks as well. I mean, his junior year, he was the only FCS guy to have two kick returns for touchdowns. They used him on the jet sweep a lot. They did run the ball, you know, 70% of the time at North Dakota State, so I'm not going to hold that against him, what system he played in in college. Cooper Cup was a 1AA guy as well. But for all those reasons, and, and just incredible blocker, and they, they brought in blockers. You know, Juju Smith-Schuster, a good blocker, MVS, an above-average blocker as well. So, you know, we, maybe we see the Chiefs doing more screens this year like they did towards the end of last year because you have such good blocking uh, wide receivers. But this is the reason I really like Christian Watson. I mean, I, I put him there kind of with Olave. I think Garrett Wilson's a better wide receiver, but I'm not sold that uh, Christian Watson is probably number three receiver in this year's draft class. Yeah, no, I think when you talk about how the Chiefs have brought in maybe that more physicality element in the receiver in the receivers, with Juju Smith-Schuster, obviously a bigger build, definitely likes to use it in his game. Marcos Valdez-Scantling, obviously a, a pretty good blocker, honestly, for his size and everything, and but also brings that speed element. And so, yeah, I think Watson actually kind of gives you a little bit of both in, in terms of, yeah, you know, he can be a speed element guy, but also give you blocking. So that just gives you so much versatility as an offense. You know, the, the defense can never say, all right, this guy is going to do this kind of route because that's the kind of player he is. No, they always have to kind of count for, you know, the different kinds of things each player can do. You know, and then you and then you sprinkle in your McCole Hardman or, your, you know, your kind of your role players that do have a specific role, and that opens it up for them. Yeah, no, I, I really like the thought of Christian Watson. But, you know, that's the thing. I, I, I do like the thought of guys like – Han Dawson before he, you know, he's he's not going to be that bigger guy, right? He's a smaller dude, a little more speed element, separation ability. 
A guy like Sky Moore really intrigues me. He's a smaller school guy, went to Western Michigan. But he does he does seem to have that route running ability, that separation ability that, you know, this this offense with these bigger guys, maybe they do need to insert that one guy that's just gonna really focus on being that Z kind of receiver, that motion receiver, you know, doing the speed kind of stuff. And and I think Sky Moore just really looks like the explosive kind of athlete and he's former quarterback. Uh, going to be kind of smart, or pretty smart too. You can kind of tell that in his game. Just you know, you can tell he's he's very technical with his route running. That's the thing. I, I this receiver class is, is there's just a lot of in- interesting options and different options. And it'll be in which way the Chiefs go with it if they do pick a receiver in the first round. Will tell you a lot about you know how they're going in the future. If it is a Watson kind of guy, I think all of a sudden we went from they want speed guys, uh, you know, bigger or I mean smaller guys, uh, separation guys. All of a sudden, they're getting all these bigger guys, and, and I think that's going to show you a transition in the offense. And so I'm, I'm really excited, man. This draft, this draft needs to come up, man. It's coming. And I'm not so sure they can't get wide receivers as well in the mid-rounds. Guys like Wondell Robinson, you know, guys yeah. guys of that ilk. And, you know, Sky Moore is probably a guy that's going to be going in the second round. The Chiefs, obviously, you know, can, can they have two picks in the second round. I do have them trading in the mock, though, to get up and get Roger McCurry. If he slips to the second round, not sure he's going to, but corner is another position. So I have edge wide receiver and corner as the first three picks. I don't know what you have as the first three picks, but they've got to get corner as well. Now they've had success in the middle rounds are undrafted. Well, Jerry Sneed fourth round pick. And then Shavarius Ward, when he was here, an undrafted guy, they traded for uh, with the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, you know, it's so hard with the chiefs is like what you want to do. Yeah, I'm probably I'm probably wanting to take a corner very high. What the Chiefs have done historically is not do that, right? They they have definitely tried to patch a corner, and you can see that in free agency too. They patch it up with one year deals with vets, and you might see that again this year. It looks like they're working towards, you know, maybe trying to find Stephon Gilmore. If they do trade for James Bradbury, that'll be some investment, so that'll be significant for them. But I agree, they definitely need to add the cornerback position in some way. And I think just the secondary in general, I'm a big proponent of safety being one of a, a high pick, maybe just because I really like the top of the safety class. Guys like Lewis Seen, Daxton Hill, Jaquan Brisker, I'm all, all fans of, honestly. They, they'd, all, they'd all fit in the Chiefs defense in different ways and, and be fun players. But at the same time, there also is kind of some depth to the safety class as well. So it, it is intriguing. I think in general, though, they do need to add to the defensive secondary. I think maybe they could use picks at both positions. Um, but I do, I do definitely think they're going to they're wait on corner a little bit just because that's what they've done historically. If not, though, I'll throw out some names. I like Kyrie Elam from Florida. I have a breakdown coming of him soon. Just has that length, but also has the speed as well combined with it that I really like. He'll fit as an outside corner for the Chiefs. And also a, late, a little bit you know, later, maybe a day two, day three guy, Martin Emerson, the Mississippi State corner, also has that build. SEC corner, you like that. You talk about Roger McCurry in the same in the same band. I like him too. Just doesn't have the same arm length. I, I like the, I like Elam and Emerson having that arm length. I really think that's valued as as a Chiefs outside cornerback. And so those are two names I'm really. Those are kind of the two top names I really want to see go to the Chiefs, just because I feel feel like they would fit so well in the system and may and they should be drafted at a reasonable value. I wouldn't think they'd be drafted too high. Yeah, and he, safety I'm fine with. They, they bring in Justin Reed. He had uh, 540 snaps of free safety in the box, 147 at slot corner, 65. He was even on the line over 20 snaps last year as well. But bringing in another safety like a Jalen Petrie, somebody like that, I think it's important because the Chiefs are so safety um, heavy. The one thing I am curious yeah. about is the run on quarterbacks. 
Like I've seen a lot of a couple mocks uh, that have come out recently that have zero quarterbacks going in the first round. I find that hard to believe. Like I find that really hard to believe. No quarterbacks <laughs> will go. I hope there's a run on them where Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, I both think those guys will go. Desmond Ritter even could be first round. Because I think if quarterbacks go, that'll help the Chiefs get who they want at 29 and 30. Oh, yeah. No, I, I agree with you, man. I Malik Willis, in my opinion, is too talented. Like, some team's going to be, be too intrigued with his talents for him to slip past 32. I mean, I would say he'd, he'd probably lock the top 15. Um, in my opinion, I, you kind of hear some people thinking about him in the top five, you know, that number two pick for the Lions. That's a little crazy to me. I think the Lions will value, you know, some of the other positions available. Uh, over him but yeah no I think Malik Willis for sure would I that's my best bet you know I, I do think yeah there, there could be some hesitation with the other guys um, just because they may not offer the same raw talent I like Kenny Pickett though I think he's a guy that NFL teams will identify as someone that can come in with a good team around him and at least you know be a competent you know win you games um, you know kind of that Jimmy G Kirk Cousins type uh, so yeah no I, I and I like Desmond Ritter actually Ritter is kind of my QB one honestly as a guy that if you put him on a on a good team you, you will be able to win to an extent. I don't think any of these quarterbacks are, are guys that I'm projecting to be, you know, franchise quarterbacks that you're paying, you know, a huge contract down the road to. But I do I do like Ritter as probably the, the one guy I'm most confident in that can come in and, and play right away. If he has a good team around him, play and actually be, you know, uh, lead you to maybe, you know, a wild card spot or something. I could see that for Ritter. Well, we'll see. It's going to be a lot of fun on this year's draft run. It's good talking to you again, my friend. We'll talk. Uh, we'll talk very soon is there's a lot to get to, and I'll get your opinion on some of these uh, moves the Chiefs made in the offseason. We talked a lot of draft today. Thanks a ton, Ron. Always appreciate it. Ron Kopp, lead analyst, ArrowheadPride.com. Yes, sir. Appreciate you, Jay. Take care, Ron. There you go. Ron Kopp, lead analyst, ArrowheadPride.com. Does a great job with draft coverage over there uh, with those guys. Coming up next, though, Mahomes uh, had a conversation with Albert Breer. Some of the stuff, uh, good stuff, looking forward to the Kansas City Chiefs and what he learned last year. We'll discuss that next. You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.